Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of Rabbi Avi Havivi's weekly Sidur class. We're going to try to jump back into Tachnun and we're going to look at some pieces of Tachnun. We're going to go back over the psalm near the beginning and we're going to look at the two alternate psalms. That's what we're going to do today. And we're going to say, which psalm would you say and why? I mean, we're not going to vote on it or anything like that. But Okay, so I'm in page 62 in the Slim Shalom. And in the Sim, you can just shout it out if you know where I am. Page 134. Okay, so 134 in the Sim, 62 in the Slim. So here's what we're going to do today. Here's my, I don't usually say, here's the agenda. Uh, what, here's what I want to accomplish, but I will. So I think I'd like to... Go over this psalm again, because we haven't done it in like, I don't know, two or three weeks. Um, We'll look at the alternative psalm, which is in our conservative sidur that our editors have put in. We have the Aleph and the Bet. The Aleph is the traditional psalm. The Bet is the extra one that they put in. Um, And then if we have time, I'd like to, I want to take a look at the psalm that the Sephardim say in this slot. Okay, so I'm on page 134 or page 62. I've noticed when I was in shul on Shabbos, the rabbis, when they announce pages, they announce three sets of pages. And then people are sitting there in shul saying, where are we? I have no idea. He said page this. And I said, no, that's a different sidur. So we only have two sets of pages. So, it starts, Tachnun starts, what with we've, we've, with what we've been doing, Vayomer David al-Gad, and we talked about the story about David, who sinned, having the census, uh, by making the census, so that's the opening line, so opening line is, David said to the prophet, God, Gad, I am really suffering, I throw myself on God's mercy, then we have a line, Rahum b'chanun chatati lefanecha, Hashem, I have sinned. Please be filled with mercy towards me. Then we say a psalm. Okay? So I'm going to read through the psalm quickly in English. We did it line by line, word by word a few weeks ago. I'll I'll just translate differently if I think there's anything that I would translate differently. Hashem, chastise me not in your anger. Chasten me not in your wrath. Be merciful to me, for I am miserable. Heal me. For my bones are trembling, my entire self trembles. And you, God, how long? Uh, Come back, God, release me, save my life. Uh, That's okay. Release my life. Save me for the sake of your faithfulness, your chesed. Because in death, there's going to be no mention of you. In Sheol, who will acknowledge you? Um. I am worn out with groaning. I flood my bed every night. I soak my bed. I melt my bed with tears. Uh, my eyes are worn out from, for cos, I'm just going to say upset, depression, um, worn out with all my tsarot or tsorari can mean enemies. We said that that was kind of a little hinge word because it can mean sarot, which fits with everything I've said up until now. Enemies doesn't really fit. 
But now you see we do turn to the enemies. Away with you, all evildoers, for God has heard my cry. Hashem has heard my plea. Hashem will accept my prayer. May all my enemies be uh, humiliated and afraid. They should back off quickly. And just to point out again in Hebrew, some of the puns we have in the beginning, not puns, but uses of language, intentional uses of language. In the beginning of the psalm, we said, my bones tremble, niv halu atzamai, v'nafshi niv halama'od, myself trembles. And then at the end, the last line, we have that the enemies should yibahalu, they should tremble, they should be in terror. We have Yashuvu and Yevoshu, we say, God, Shuva, turn back to me, implying that God has somehow turned away. The psalmist feels like God has turned away. Um, it's like when someone's walking away from you, you know, and you say, no, 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 come back here, right? Not in anger, but like you left me. So this, the psalmist obviously feels bereft, abandoned, miserable early on in the psalm. And then he says, Shuva Hashem, come back, God. But then in the end, we have, may the enemies, Yashuvu, may they get back, if I may quote Lennon McCartney, get back. Um, and there's a pun with Yevoshu. Okay, Yevoshu means to be shamed. Yashuvu obviously means like from the word Teshuvah to go back. Okay, so may they be Yevoshu and Yashuva. And Yeshuvu. So we ask God to Shuva, Shuva at first, and then we say, may the enemies go back. And in the beginning, we say, I am trembling. And in the end, we say, may the enemies tremble or shudder. That might be a better word. Okay. Pause. We had a chance to talk about this only a little bit last time. But I will now throw open the floor here. What do you all think of this psalm? What do you all think of this choice in Tachnun? How does it resonate for you? Does it work for you? Does it not work for you? The floor is open. Observations, thoughts, and feelings. Wave me down if you have something to say and just unmute. I can tell Larry has something to say, but he's walking down the street and it's noisy, so he doesn't want to unmute. I can tell that. I just know by looking at him. Just know that. When he gets home, he'll unmute. Others, don't be shy. Okay, crickets. We have crickets, as they say. Okay, so, you know, it's a very personal psalm. I just want to point out, it's first person. The person is suffering. Their suffering appears to be maybe physical, but certainly mental. Lots of anguish, misery, sighing, weeping, trembling, we do say Rifa'eni, which to God, heal me, which seems to suggest that there's a physical suffering. That's usually what we mean when we say Rifa'eni or Rifa'eni, although, of course, it doesn't need to, it's not, doesn't have to mean that. Okay. Um, and we have all these words for the, uh, I want to point out all these feeling words. Um, um, God is angry. I am trembling, um, um, groaning, crying, 
eyes worn out, all these expressions of things that obviously are meant to convey feelings. Hold on a second, Terry. Right. Eyes. Uh, right. My eyes are crying. I'm crying my I'm crying my eyes out from, you know, the chaos, vexation, whatever that means. Misery. OK. Um, and we have at the end that this is a tichina and a tefillah. This is a plea and a prayer. And then we end with, oddly enough, again, get lost, you forces of evil. Terry. I was going to say that the, the English is kind of stilted, but the prayer, <coughs> the Hebrew is, is stilted in a different way, but the prayer draws me mm-hmm. because it, it does deal with all these inner feelings and Mm -hmm. they may not be mine on any given day, but I find it relatable. Okay. What's related. And, and do you find relatable the thought of God is punishing me? This must, my misery must be a punishment from God. Just want to. Okay. (laughs) No, I don't. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. I just want to point out that's the, that's the, uh, that's the psalmist interpretation. In, in, again, I said this last time in modern parlance, because we are much less, we tend, uh, who's, who's we? You know, what does we mean? Many modern people tend to be much less God focused when it comes to their suffering. They don't necessarily think that God, punishing them modern people are more much more likely to say idiomatically the universe must have it in for me ancient people I, didn't say I, that I, they said god is angry and of course right. pagan, pagans said the gods are angry terry i was just going to say that um and indeed there there's the dichotomy i um i relate to it because I understand that that tradition of ours and um, and how through the ages, um, the um, the the relationship and the repercussion of our actions was viewed by our um, foremothers. Um, Yet it's still the, 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 the kind of, what shall I call it? The pathos in, in the prayer, mm-hmm. um, or is, is relatable to me. Got it. Okay. Good. Other thoughts. Thank you, Terry, for sharing. Michael O. You know, I, um, I would just carry on with uh, a little bit, um, uh, with what Terry was saying. And um, sometimes I think about this as an extension of um, Elohim and Sur, because uh-huh. for me, yeah. uh, because it's sort of, um, you know, uh, when you're when you're in Elohim and Sur, you're sort of asking, I mean, sort of pleading in a way or, uh-huh. or may you have may uh-huh. you have a good day. May you. Yes. Yes. May you may you. May you, you have a more enlightened day. May, yes. uh-huh. may perhaps your, your, 
in uh, what, what's happening to you, just have a little bit more perspective uh-huh. and, and how you relate to other people. Yeah. So for me, uh, when I, when, when, when I do Tachanam, uh, yes, I understand, uh, what Terry's talking about and the tradition and the psalm, uh, and the context in which it's given, uh, his, you know, historically, uh, uh, the literature of it, uh-huh. you know, the way it sounds, but yet to me, it's just a further, sort of emphasis on, you know, we can't control everything in our lives and yet we have to go on living on uh-huh. this day. So, yeah. so I think a little bit more about that and it just, uh, it acts to draw that out, uh, mm-hmm. for me, I guess. Okay. Good. Thank you. By the way, something I didn't, uh, just to, um, say, make explicit something that Michael hinted at is, you know, a, and I think part of why maybe you link it somehow to Elohai Natsur is these are two among the two not so common prayers in the Shachri where it's, I say me, where it's first person singular. So much of we say is about us. It's about Jews. It's about history. It's about world. Even the things we pray for in the Amidah, it's that, you know, there should be a good economy for everyone, that all the sick people should get better, that there should be good judgment but there's very little that is explicitly first person about me and my relationship with God and my feeling about things and my day and Elohim Nitzur. And then this Psalm is about me. Okay. And it's not, not, not about me as an example of with the other Jewish people. It's very first person singular focused. I suspect by the way, that probably lots of people, lots of people, Certainly lots of people who are less familiar with the Sidur and come to the Sidur. I'm guessing that lots of people would wish that more of our prayer was in the first person singular. That'd be my guess. Okay. So it is interesting that Elohainetzor then goes into this, both of which are singular. Larry, are you settled enough to comment whatever comment you wanted to make? I, I am. Um, but I'll be, I'll be relatively brief. I used to um, not enjoy, even more strongly than that, Tachanan. And I had a very complex um, relationship to Tachanan, uh-huh. um, es- especially when I was davening not with a conservative Sidur, which didn't give me an option. Uh-huh. And this first psalm, which is a very early psalm um, in the cycle, um, I, don't, I won't say anything because you know more than I do, but um, I read Benji Siegel's book on Psalms where he talks about the different periods, etc. Um, it's a raw psalm for me, mm-hmm. for all the reasons that you talked about. Yes. And I just, I wondered whether this was the right way to begin one's morning. Mm-hmm. I even think, I can't remember if I asked you if I, maybe it was in my head, because I intended to as a, as a, as a psychiatrist, do you really want people to be focusing so negatively mm-hmm. on their life Mm-hmm. And on what the, their circumstance hold for, holds for them. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I don't. Mm-hmm. I've come to grips with Tachanan. I, in part because of, of reading the alternative psalm, Sherem Allah, which is much more uplifting, even though it's mm-hmm. not, a, not all that positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I admit that I skip this psalm most days. Mm-hmm. Um, and the words, Sarli Ma'od, 
are enough for me mm-hmm. to say um, I, it pains me greatly. And then I, what pains me is not that I'm in deep, deep distress. What pains me is that I might be in distress mm-hmm. and that others are in distress. Mm-hmm. And on those days when I am in distress, then it pains me also greatly that I like today yeah. that I happen to be in distress. Yeah. But I admit I skipped this psalm entirely, and I have made in my mind Tachanun into something very different than this particular psalm would indicate. Yeah. And uh, and by mm-hmm. the way, mm-hmm. we're going to get to it in a minute. And then jumping to the um, Shomer Yisrael is, for me, um, much more uplifting. Yeah. Um, thank you. You know, what's interesting is um, what we Jews tend not to do, which Christians do, is if you look at um, a lot of Christian Bibles, Protestant Bibles in particular, I'm thinking of, a, you know, they have like inside the cover, it'll say, it'll give you sort of an index of like, you know, prayers, you know, for suffering, go to page, whatever, uh, you know, for feeling uplifted, go to page, you know, meaning they have more of a sense of you're in a particular feeling state or situation. Here's the psalm you should read or pray. Jews tend not to do that. We just tend to say, recite to Hillam. You know, you just kind of jump in somewhere, you know, start to finish, or the 15 Shir Hamalot, or you're doing Shmira, you know, in a Hever Kadisha, the last person left off at this psalm, you pick up at the next psalm. We tend more to say, um, Here's the whole array of Psalms. It's the array of feelings that people sometimes go through. You may not be going through this at this particular moment. Um, but you know, we read it anyway. Uh, and, and as far as I know, and anyone can correct me if they know otherwise, I don't think within the Jewish tradition, there are sectors or movements where they have a tradition of this when we when you feel this way, this is the psalm you should say, right? So Larry, I'm responding to Larry who's saying, you know, I don't feel it usually, and I don't really find it that helpful to feel it or to be empathic with the psalmist who feels that way. Uh, so that's not a useful way for me to to go into my day at this point. Sarli Ma'od is sufficient. Okay, let's look at the next psalm. And I just want to say, we'll look at it quicker um, than we did when we went word for word. I just want to say, you know, do you get a different vibe from this psalm? And then I do want to go on to the Sephardic one. Okay, so so the alternative, which is pervert, prov, uh, provided in this edition of the Sim Shalom, meaning it was not in the Black Silverman and whatever. Was there something before the Black Silverman? Is there anything? Bet- I don't know if there's anything between the Black Silverman and the Sim Shalom. I can't remember. Anyway, um so it's in this edition, okay? And um, the new one that we use on Shabbat, I don't think we have a weekday one of that yet, do we? Does anyone know? What, what's, what's that new one called again? Shout it out. Lev Shalem, and Lev there's Shal- not a weekday. Right, thank you. Lev Shalem, there's and, not a weekday the- one yet, so I don't know, and it's a different editor and it's Ed Feld, who's very independent, Rabbi Ed Feld. So he may pick a different psalm entirely as an alternative. Go ahead, Larry. I think they're not going to do a, a, a weekday. The last oh. I heard is they weren't planning on it. Okay, got it. So here's what we got. 
Shira Malok, this is for, and for those playing at home in a different CD or it's Psalm 130. One, this is one of the 15 series of Shir Hamalot. You will recognize it, of course, as the commonly said Shir Hamalot said in times of distress, including the 10 days of penitence for the weekdays between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, actually including Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and the Corona site, right? So because that's the 10 days of repentance Psalm before Baruchu, um, in, at the end of, you know, between Tukhe de Zimra and Shachrit, this is the one we have been saying in the Corona time. By the way, apparently I, I don't go to morning minion enough, often enough to know. Apparently we, whoever we is, stopped saying it and then we resumed saying it. I just want to say personally, I never stopped saying it. Right. I never, I never thought that the coronavirus pandemic was over enough to stop saying it. So my individual davening, I've been saying Shiramalot every morning and every evening since for about, you know, going on two years now. Okay. So that's where this Shiramalot may be familiar from. Psalm 130. Shiramalot from the depths. All right. So song of ascents, whatever Shiramalot means. From the depths, I call to you, Hashem. Again, Kraticha is, I want to point out, is singular. I'm going to harp on the singular versus plural. I call to the depths from you. Hashem, hear my cry. May your ears be attentive to the sound of my pleas. I love it. God's ears. Gotta love the anthropomorphism. Im avonoti shmoria. Adonai mi amod. God, if you were keeping track of sins, who could stand before you? Rhetorical question. Because forgiveness is yours. So that people will reverence you. I, I hope Hashem, indeed, I hope, which we usually think of as my life, is a way of saying me. I myself hope. And I wait for his word. Okay. Now we switch to God in the third person. I'm still in the third person. First person, we switch to God in the third person. Nafshi Lashem Mishomrim La Boker Shomrim La Boker. Hard sentence. We have a translation. I wait for God. Literally, this means my life is towards God, like or more than watchmen waiting for the morning, watchmen waiting for the morning. Uh, the night traditionally isn't divided into how many watches in the ancient world. Anyone know? When you're out at the campfire, how long do they give you? You know, they give the adults two hours, but if there's not enough, they'd give you four hours, depending on how many adults are at the camp out, right? So there are three watches in the ancient world during dark in the city. They're all four hours long. So how does that last watchman feel, the one who's on duty from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m.? Oh, God, when is it going to be dawn so I can get off duty already? That's the feeling that the psalmist has. I long for God more than that third watchman is longing for dawn. Yachel Yisrael el Hashem. Okay, so we had for God's word, hochalti, I long for, I wait for, I expect. Now Yachel Yisrael, we have the same verb, but who is it? It's Israel who is hoping for God. Why? Because Hashem is the one who has chesed, loyalty, faithfulness, loving kindness, love, veharbe imo fedut, and great 
completeness of redemption. Okay? God is full of love, loyalty, faithfulness, and abundantly redeeming. Vehu yiftet Yisrael mikol avonotav, which leads into may God redeem Israel from all its sins. The avonotav here is literally singular, his sins, but it refers to Israel. Okay, so tell me how this psalm is similar or different. Another way of saying that is, why do you think Rabbi Harlow picked this psalm as an alternative? The floor is open, my friends. Avi, I think it's more, I mean, it's definitely more uplifting. I mean, okay. uh, what about uh, it? Why? Go, well, if you could focus in here, what's more uplifting? What do you find more uplifting well, about it? Sort of like, uh, I, I don't have it here in front of me. Okay. Uh, okay. But, I mean, I, but it's, uh, it's sort of like reminds, it, it's like, uh, reminds me of, of going through, um, the, uh, the book of lamentations and, and being at the end where it's more, you know, uh, where it has a more up. Right. Right. By the way, I want to point out the previous psalm has a, uh, I'm going to put in the air quotes, uplift at the end. The uplift is, yeah. Get lost, you forces of evil. God hears my prayer. This is a different kind of uplift. God will rescue Israel from all our sins, which means sort of, I think it means from the punishment for our sins. Okay? All right. Other differences. Thank you, Michael. Other differences. Jump in, folks. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll point to the, the, the part that I, I really like. Okay. Which is... The Mi'amod, which we actually say a couple of times in, in other places as well in the, in the, in the liturgy. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, I think it's who could stand your coldness in one of the Psalms too. Uh-huh. Um, or who could stand the cold. But um, who can be judged is what we're saying here is who can be judged on all of the things that they've done, on all of their sins. Or to put it into the common discussion we're having right now is why are we judging people by the worst thing or things that they've ever done and we cancel, want to be judged and, and canceling them what and canceling them right yes, right so i won't go into the political direction there mm-hmm. but we don't want we don't want to judge other people or we shouldn't yeah. and we don't want to be judged ourselves yeah by those things that we've done yeah we want to be judged by the entirety of our work and we want to be forgiven and we want to know there's the possibility of of forgive of forgiveness yeah. by God, and I would then say by extension by by others. Uh-huh. And again, I'll go back to I'm sort of draw, trying to draw you up psychologically. I think that's a much healthier way to look at the world mm-hmm. is to say, "Oops, I screwed up. I'll make amends. I'll be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Let me go on, and God help me to go on." Mm-hmm. Is much worse than walking around all day with these invasive thoughts about, oi, how did I do that? Oi, how yeah. did I do that? I'm mm-hmm. going to be in trouble. Yeah, I'll come to, thank you. I'll come to Alan in a second. I do want to point out the, the line you like, Hashem mi amod. In both of these Psalms, there is a, um, I'm just going to call it rhetorical expostulation towards the middle, near the end of the first third. In the first Psalm, it's ve'ata Hashem ad matai, God how long can this, right. can you do this to me? How long can you do that? Which is a different flavor than in the second psalm. It's Hashem Miyamod. 
if I'm judged on my merits, Hashem, who, who could stand before you? Okay. So in both of them, it's just kind of, um, it's a, 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 a little, it's an expostulation. That's what I would say. It's a little rhetorical outburst, but it does have a very different kind of tone to it. By the way, no one's commented yet. Well, it's okay. Let, uh, Alan, you go. I have other things I want to add if no one gets to it, but Alan. Okay. I, uh, I, I've been driving and I don't have the text in front of me, but uh-huh. something that Larry said struck a, a chord with me and I, I wanted to share. It is something that, uh, uh, that I, that I learned that has resonated in my life. And it's a quote that says, uh, I'll make it politically correct that to judge people by their lowest action. Or their worst deeds mm-hmm. is like judging the power of the ocean by the frailty of its foam. Okay. To judge a person by their lowest deeds is like judging the power of the ocean by the frailty of its foam. It's from Khalil Gibran and the Prophet. Uh-huh. But it is, it is something that that has resonated with me and that makes me it makes lets me understand when I do Tahanun and I can ask, you know, it's been very powerful for me yeah. to be able to say Tahanun and to accept it. And particularly the line that said every day, I don't know where it is, but the Avinu Malkainu, yeah. that, that one line that, say, yeah. that that comes in. Yeah, we'll get and to that later in, in a week or two. Yep. Uh huh. Sure. Yes. Okay, but whatever, I'll speak up then. I just yes. wanted to share that yes. one line and share that uh, right. uh, I look forward to hearing more about this and catching up on Tachanun. Good. With you. By the way, that line, Avinu Malkeinu ki ein banu ma'asim, we don't have deeds, meaning I don't have, an, God, I know I don't have enough credit in the bank to make demands on you. I'm throwing myself on your mercy. That is similar to this idea. Maybe it's foreshadowed by this line, it's it's sort of a negative phrase mm-hmm. of it, right? Like if it were if we if everyone's judged on their sins, God, ugh, no one could stand before you. If you if you judge us on, you know, all all the bad stuff we've done. Okay, good. Thank you. Terry. The I getting back to something Larry said earlier. I, I, I've str- I always struggle with Tachanun for lots of different reasons. Uh-huh. Um, one of the reasons why I, 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 I actually do choose this bet prayer mm-hmm. is because it also associates for me with Tashlich. Uh-huh. Uh, because we say it then as well, uh-huh. yep. and I, I like I, I like the water metaphor. Yeah, I think it's helpful. Yeah, good. Thank you. Well, we're on the water metaphor, so I want to point out some things that are missing from this psalm that are in the first psalm. So, some of the things that's missing is some of the um, more picturesque. That's the right word. Um, mm-hmm. Descriptions Personal. of suffering. Mm-hmm. I soak my bed, my tears, mm-hmm. my eyes are worn out, my bones are trembling. So the thing, some of the things in the first, in the traditional Tachnon Psalm 6, 
that are very um, evocative, explicit, evocative, whatever you want to say it, which are the things that I suspect that some people don't like, you know, sort of a, an expression of this abject misery that I might not actually feel that does not really help launch me into my day. Those things are absent, right? So again, some of this has to do with people's taste and aesthetic. So some people, some might read then the Psalm alternative as less useful because it's less explicit about my individual suffering. Some people might experience it as more useful because they don't want to read an expression of individual suffering that they're not feeling at that moment. I just want to point out the difference. Another difference is Psalm 1 starts and ends with first person, it's all about me. The alternative, Shiramalot, starts with me, and it ends up shifting to Yisrael. It is thereby, so it links me to the group. And then, of course, that's an excellent lead into Shomer Yisrael, right? So uh, there, there are 15 Shiramalots. He could have picked one, of the, uh, you know, there are 14 others to choose from if he wanted a Shiramalot. So, um, and I, I think some, I, I do want to say some people might criticize that choice. They might say like, no, I wanted a Psalm that's really just about my individual feelings and relationship with God. And here it is, you gave me one that links it back again. I start out with me, but I end up with God saving Israel, which is all over the Siddur, okay? And I think there are pros and cons with that shift of of choosing a psalm that has that shift. The other thing that is missing in this psalm is the evildoers. Some people would like that we got rid of the evildoers. Some people don't like that so many of the psalms of lament have evildoers. Um, but again, you know, evildoers is, it could be people out there who have it in for me. It could be my own internal thoughts and failings that undermine me. There are a lot of potential interpretations for evildoers. So some of the things that are missing in this psalm is sticking with the first person all the way through the explicit picturesque depiction of my misery um, the ab- more abjectly, um, and the negative forces arrayed against me. I want to point that out. Okay, I want to move on quickly. We may not get to read through all of it today, okay? So I'm going to encourage you to read it at home. In many of the Sephardic traditions, this goes back to the Yari in the 16th century and is picked up. It's in the Chabad Sidur uh, because Hasidim or have this sort of hybrid Ashkenazi Sephardi tradition. It's in the North African, Moroccan Sidur. Um, they have a different Psalm. They don't have Psalm 6. They have Psalm 25. Allow me to share a lay screen. We probably won't get through all of it. So I'm going to zip through it. Um, you can read it at home. I have Safaria on the screen, but you can just pick Psalm 25 and whatever your source is. A Psalm of David, Hashem, I set my hope in you. It, my God, in you I trust. May I not be disappointed. May my enemies not exult over me. This Psalm, by the way, you'll notice is alphabetical in general. Um, you know, there's no bet, but you know, okay. Let none who look to you be disappointed. Let the faithless ones be disappointed and empty handed. Let me know your paths, O Lord. Teach me your ways. Guide me in your true way and teach me. For you are God, my deliverer, and I look to you at all times. Hashem, be mindful of your compassion, your faithfulness. They were as they are as old as time. 
Be not mindful of my youthful sins and transgressions. In keeping with your faithfulness, consider what is in my favor, as befits your goodness, O, o Lord. We have in there the idea of, hey, man, if it's just based on my bank account of sins versus mitzvot, I know um, I have a losing argument here. So please ignore the sins, okay, and rely on your faithfulness and your goodness, your forgivingness. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, God shows sinners the way. He guides the lowly in the right path and teaches the lowly his way. All the Lord's paths are steadfast love for all those who keep the decrees of his covenant. As befits your name, Hashem, pardon my iniquity, though it be great. I would like to point out this line is, Lema'an shimcha Hashem. I will sing it in correct nosach. V'salachta la'avoni ki ravhu. Where do we have that line in the liturgy? Terry is saying it, but she's muted. Yom Kippur. Correct. It is part of the slichot service, right? It's a, and it's familiar because the chazan always davens it because it's the last line of a paragraph leading into stuff, right? It's please sit, forgive me, right? Notice, by the way, there's some things about God in general in this psalm, God with God, the people, the good doers, the bad doers, but then it comes back again to me, visalachta la'avoni, not la'avoneinu, right? Please forgive my sin because it is great. Whoever fears the Lord, he shall be shown what path to choose. He shall live a happy life and his offspring shall inherit the land. The council, it's really God's club. Uh, it's, it's council C-I-L is really what it is of God is for those who reverence him and to those who know the covenant. My eyes are ever towards the Lord for God will loosen my feet from the net, release my feet from the snare. Turn to me, have mercy on me. Some of this is familiar language. Pnei Eli Vichoneni. Hashem, turn to me. Remember we had the Shuva in the first, the, uh, the traditional song. So this is similar to that. Pnei like God. What's implied is don't turn away from me. Don't get distracted. Look at me. Vichoneni. Ki yachid ve'ani ani. For I am alone and afflicted. I am alone and suffering. Uh, yachid, nice pun, the ani ani, the ayin and the nun. Tsarot levavi hirchivu. Hmm. The, the distress has widened my soul, my mind. Hard to translate here. It has my deep distress increases. Deliver me from my straits. Re'ei on yiva amali. Look at my affliction and suffering. Visakol chatotai. Forgive my sins. See how numerous my enemies are and how unjustly they hate me. Protect me and save me. Let me not be disappointed, for I have sought refuge in you. May integrity and upright and uprightness watch over me, for I look to you. Pedei Elohim et Yisrael mikol tzarotav. Hashem redeem Israel from all its distress. That's the end of Psalm 25. And I want to say in the Sephardic Tachanun, in this paragraph, they add one more line. And that's the last line of Psalm 30. V'hu yifdei Yisrael mikol avonotav. So in Tachanun, in the liturgical context, the Sephardim say, P'dei Elohim et Yisrael mikol tzarotav. V'hu yifdei Yisrael mikol avonotav. O God, redeem Israel from all their, their Israel, his suffering. He will redeem Israel from all his sins, right? So they add that last line, the, the, not just the hope, but I know that God will do that.
Okay. Um, I just want to comment on it quickly and I'll let you read the psalm on your own more slowly at home. Everyone has a Tanakh at home, right? Notice that this psalm has a lot of me. It has a lot of my suffering. It does preserve the aloneness of it. It does have enemies. It does link it to Israel. It also at Israel meaning the group and it ends with the group. Um, it also has another element that neither of these Psalms have, which are, um, this is shorthand. So for those who follow what I'm saying, great. And if you don't also fine, it also has what are referred to by scholars as wisdom elements in the Psalm. Wisdom means like stuff from the book of Proverbs, like who is it who reverences God? The one who chooses the path, he will live well and his offspring will inherit the earth. It's sort of third person abstract, not abstract, third person wisdom. It's not about me. It's not about Israel. It's who it right um, here, verse 10, nine and 10. God guides the lowly in the right path and teaches the lowly his way. All the Lord's paths are steadfast for those who keep his decree. That's not in particular about me. It's not about the Jewish people. By implication, you could say it's about Jewish people. It's not explicitly. And this is what's referred to as wisdom elements. It's in the sense that it's like something you would read in the book of Proverbs. And there are a few Psalms that are like that, that talk in general about the good path, right? We have lines like that. That may be familiar to you. We have lines like that in Ashrei, right? Where we talk about God in general listens to the humble, or the psalm on Shabbat morning where we say, Mi ha'ish which is a nice negon. Who is the person who is in the godly ways? The one who guards his tongue from evil. It's not about me in particular. It's not about B'nai Yisrael as a nation. It's just about what is the godly path if you do such and such. If you pursue the godly path, the outcome will be such and such. If you are among the wicked, the outcome will be such and such. Obviously, there's implications for me as an individual. Obviously, there's implications for Israel as a group, but it's not explicitly about the individual or explicitly about Israel, B'nai Israel in history. So in this psalm, we actually have some of those elements that are added or this psalm has those elements which are not in either Psalm 6 or in Psalm 30, okay? So this is the Sephardic psalm for Tachnun. Um, It's 8.45. I want to make a hard stop. I do want to encourage people, well, uh, whatever. Um, If you're interested, it's not like homework because we're not going to talk about it next week. Um, You know, next week at the beginning, I'll say, does anyone have anything they want to say about Psalm 25? That's all there will be next week, and then we'll go on. But I, I do want to encourage people to look at the psalm during the week and take a look at it and think to yourself, well, why did the Sephardim choose this one as their psalm? And what would I get out of it or not get out of it if I recited that? Um, maybe even, I don't know, keep a Tanakh with you in a few days when you're saying Tachnun, not today or tomorrow, because it was what's called Purim Katan, Adar Aleph, 14 and 15. So um Whenever you say Tachno next, maybe try Psalm 25 a couple of times and see how the vibe uh, strikes you. Okay, 
Um, everyone have a meaningful day. Be Torah and God willing, uh, we'll meet together next week. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.